Hey there and welcome. Are you ready to put your digital marketing on steroids? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the Impressive Digital Marketer Podcast. Digital marketing runs through our veins. So listen up to get some seriously impressive ideas for your business. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Impressive Digital Marketer Podcast. This is episode 29 and we've got myself, Nicole, the social media marketing lead here at Impressive and I've got Nicolette joining me. Hi guys, I'm Nicolette, the PR and Events Manager at Impressive and it's a really exciting time for us at the moment. Nicolette's been busy organising our social calendar and um, we're just making sure that we get out to a lot of our client events. So what we wanted to bring to you guys today is a wrap-up of Melbourne Fashion Week. So the first seminar we attended was Melbourne Fashion Week in collaboration with Creative Victoria and it was about creating engaging social content. We had a number of pretty interesting speakers there. Uh, We had fashion journalists hosting the panel was Janice Breen-Burns the head of content at Mecca Brands, Zara Wong, creative director of Vice, Royce Akers, and fashion photographer and influencer, Karen Wu. So it was really interesting to have all these different people from the industry who work in a bit of a different space, all with their own opinions about what is good social content. Yeah, it was actually really interesting. It kind of took a surprising turn, didn't it, with you know, we thought we were going to go in there and they were going to start telling us about how to perfect your feed and things like that. But instead, it kind of turned into, you know, what makes good social content and everything was, well, they were all pretty much on the same page or it was all about being authentic and real. So very, uh, maybe perfectly imperfect. I agree. I wasn't expecting that. But one of the things that resonated with me, particularly Zara Wong, and she obviously is responsible and has a lot of experience curating these feeds from when, you know, Instagram first came to life when she worked at Vogue. And one of the things she said was, it's not about having the perfect grid or the perfect feed. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like a piece of content that appears in newsfeed, you want your audience to engage with it. It needs to be relevant to them. If they go to your profile, there's probably like 5% of your total audience are going to actually visit the profile and critique your feed. Whereas fashion photographer Karen Wu She said she uses her feed more as a portfolio. So maybe for a creative, it's a little bit different. But whereas Vice, again, they're not using their feed to post pretty pretty photos. They're using it to push out trending news stories. Yeah, and I think Royce was very big on the whole realism thing. Um, Something he mentioned was, you know, realism cuts through in a very oversaturated market, which I I found quite interesting because... I think it just shows how much times have changed in a sense that, you know, back in the day, you'd you'd only be able to see your favorite celebrity or artist or, you know, musician. You wouldn't really be able to follow them mm. so closely yeah. as you can now. Whereas, or talk to them. Exactly. Whereas now you're so involved, you can see what they're doing. You can follow them every step of the way. Well, that, that was what Zara also touched on. And she said, you know, being these brands are on social now that you get to have this two-way conversation with your consumer. And yeah. that's where they listen. Like she was saying that she gets customers being like, when will you get this in stock back online? And, you know, just how they use models, how they use influencers has changed too. You can't just have someone go and post a photo with like a product and say, use my discount code. I mean, some brands do that and it does work. But for them, she said the best piece of content that they have released probably, I think it was this year or this quarter, was 
an influencer named Wendy Newen, and she was providing a product recommendation, but she was talking about her eczema. And that got the most traction out of any campaign that they'd run this year or any piece of content. And that's because Wendy's a real person. Wendy has a real problem. A lot of people have this problem. And that, you know, creates, I guess, trust and conversation with the brand. Yeah, so I was actually going to say, I think the focus now is more on lifestyle. So it's almost like these brands, well, these customers go to brands because they almost want their problem solved. But it's like their real life problem solved. It's not just, oh, I want to look pretty nowadays. It's Well, a lot of people see through that and they go, oh, she looks pretty. Maybe I can't look like that. Well, if you've got someone saying, I have eczema, you go, I have eczema too. Mm -hmm. It it makes sense. But I I guess the other thing was um, they did talk about a few other brands, but I don't know, like who do you think is doing social media really well in terms of creating engaging content? I think for me, I'm... Real, I'm a real fan of Reformation and their social ads and all of their oh, yeah. Insta stories. They reshare a lot of user-generated content. So they don't really focus on high-profile models, which I think is really cool because at the end of the day, sure, we do all love seeing it makes Bella it accessible, Hadid. yeah. Exactly. We love to see the big models. We love to see Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid. But if you're use, using models that we don't really know, first of all, that's you can resonate more with these people. I mean, okay, we can't all resonate with these Amazonian women Mm. but you don't know them it's all it's almost just like a friendly face and they're kind of using a lot of cheeky headlines so one of the ones I really enjoyed was um, dresses that will make your ex-boyfriend jealous (laughs) and I thought that was just great I would buy that dress exactly well look I mean for me I'm a bit biased but I I love Misha's content I know that we'll we'll go into details we did interview Michelle we can talk a bit more about that um, later on in the podcast but for me, I actually love ASOS because I feel like they're listening to people. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this trending article that went around. A girl was on a dating app. She got some flack from some guy who she was talking to who critiqued her dress. <laughs> and her dress was this beautiful pink dress that she bought from ASOS. It was. It was gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And she's she's stunning. Yeah. So she's popped this up on Twitter about this um, Tinder conversation and ASOS realized that that was their dress. ASOS took the photo of the girl in the dress and made it the product image on the website. I don't know how much better does that get yeah. than just like pieing a guy in the face by being like, well, maybe you said my dress was ugly, but now I'm on ASOS. It doesn't really get more real than that, does it? Yeah. And that that's just an example of a brand who's creating engaging content. It's not, we're not just talking Instagram now or Facebook but they're listening on their social channels like Twitter and they've picked this up from a customer and they've made that into a story. It's a it's a PR piece, but it's also going to make people go, oh, this is a brand that's real. And then they just, they'll get people coming back for more, won't they? Because it's like, okay, oh, yeah. this is real for real women and real guys and they understand real problems and that's cool. So I think to summarize what, what we kind of took away from that talk was that good content is something that gives you a strong emotional reaction. It was more about, you know, people's behaviors change all the time. So let's create content that moves them and engages them. Uh, yeah, people are changing how they interact with brands, but brands can change too. And I think it's really important as a fashion brand to be flexible and be adaptable because the industry is oversaturated and you've got to, you've got to do what you you've can. Got to to evolve. Kind of, yeah, you've got to keep up. You've got to, you've got to change as time changes. Speaking of a brand that is evolving, the next event we went to, the Fashion Runway Show for Misha, we actually talked to Michelle Aznavourian, the creative director, about what their brand is um, going through at the moment. 
Do you want to take us through that? Yeah, so I spoke to Michelle briefly about, you know, the evolution of Misha. And originally, you know, they were called Misha Collection. And recently they've they've dropped the collection. They're just Misha. And I said to Michelle, you know, what's what's the reason behind the change? You know, we've seen even the the creatives change slightly. It's a bit It's a bit edgier. Yeah. It's more European, would you say? It's very, yeah, I would say it's got a bit of like a European feel to it. Yeah. And I think that the thing for them is the customer will still remain the same. The customer wants something new. And also, you're putting this brand in front of new new customers as well. Not just in Australia. This is, you know, an international brand. They're in international markets. But I think that this evolution, people are, they expect it. They want, they want brands to be listening to them, but brands to be delivering something that's new. And this is what Michelle was saying, that not only like as a brand or seen, you know, from Misha Collection to Misha, it's about the style that you put out there, the the message, maybe like a slow transition of the voice. Creatively, you know, you want to be doing things that are different. Yeah, and I think, look, when you're when you're trying to crack America, as they say, um, which Misha has very successfully done, you know, they're getting traction with the with the American market without even having to really focus that heavily on marketing. It's just naturally happening. Yeah, the influencers are picking exactly. up their products and the models are wearing them. Yeah, and their product, it's different. Exactly. It's different. I think for most Australian fashion labels, you've always got to focus on, okay, you want your Australian customer to always stay with you and be loyal to you and you're still going to market your your product towards them and keeping them happy. Mm. But you've got to be open to new you're things. Changing your brand story as exactly. well. Which is, I don't think they've changed the story, but they've definitely come up with a new look and feel. Yeah. Which is still going to appeal to the existing customer base. Yeah, but also it's going to attract new customers mm. and just resonate with with international customers, I guess. That's a good, se- great segue into the next conversation point, which was the third event that we attended, um, hosted by Retail Global, their networking event around the road to CX customer success. And again, this same theme of customers wanting transparency from brands was spoken about by all the panels. They want to resonate with your values which is why they follow you in the first place and why they buy your products but there is a technical component that you need to be able to deliver on to have that great customer experience not just the conversation on social media and engaging content but having great website functionality a great e-com strategy yeah a great you know the broader digital sense like make it easy for your customer to buy from you it's very important being transparent, you know, when it comes to the customer experience. But I guess the only way that you can really do that is by making sure that you've got the right data. And to get the right data, you actually need to have people on your team or work with, you know, different people that can actually analyze the data for you. So this could be anything from making sure that your web- website runs smoother for CRO or even making sure that your online world just matches your offline world. Yeah, that that's so true because I, I guess... Coming back to this idea of creating, engaging social content, engagement is an important metric, but for a lot of other businesses, it's about revenue. So you need to be able to understand that data to know which pieces of content you want to invest time into producing and what is actually, you know, in terms, we might not be driving revenue, but, you know, whatever is helping you reach those goals, whether that's growing your profile, extending your reach and, you know, getting your content in front of more people, you need to still have data to back up that it is working. So I think to summarize, it's clear that the world of fashion and digital are constantly evolving. And as marketers, we need to be able to identify trends in the space to advise our clients who might not actually have 
these ideas themselves yet. Yeah, and as well as that, like we're here to support them in making those decisions and it's purely based on on data and that's yeah. why people come and talk to us. I guess if you have enjoyed, you know, what we've talked about today, I know this is just wrapping up Fashion Week, but if there's something that resonated with you and you're stuck for content ideas or you perhaps would love to have your content audited to get some ideas, whether that's with performance media, content marketing, automation, anything, um, you can reach out to us. You can email me, nicole at impressive.com.au. I can organize with one of our team to have them review your website or your business and um, we can go from there. Thanks for listening, guys. This is episode 29 with Nick and Nick. If you liked what you listened to, please subscribe. Otherwise, we'll see you very soon.